Hey everybody, Rug Rescue Podcast number seven. It's so awesome to be here with you guys. And we've got some people on tonight because normally we would be doing the Rug Room live on Wednesday night. But hey, it's the new year and we normally have this week off. But you know, that Paul Lucas, man, he doesn't give me a break. He's always pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. Kind of like Brian Ron. I mean, he just doesn't stop. This guy's a freaking beast. He just goes and goes. So Paul's like, Cam, we got to do something. Let's do some podcasts tonight. So, okay. I decided let's knock out a couple of them. We've already got podcast number six done, by the way, if you get a chance to look at it. But it looked beautiful, the fight with that dog on viscose. That is number six. You'll be seeing that one coming up soon on YouTube, in the rug room, uh, in also different areas. So please check that out. And please remember, I'm not good at this stuff. I don't understand all the social media stuff. But I know you're supposed to hit the like button. And I think you can even subscribe. I don't know. But if you could do any of those things and share it to your employees and talk to other people about us, we would greatly appreciate it. It really means a lot to us, and we thank you for that. And we're hoping that this podcast will be something a little different. We're trying to stay on one subject and one subject only, tell you about how a phone call went. When we get these calls, um, you know, people are going, hey, what do I do to fix this? And that's what Rug Rescue is about. Now, Will it always be about a phone call? No, we will get into some different subjects down the road. There might even be possibly some interviews and some different topics that we'll try to address the best we can. Um, so please watch the show as it grows and hopefully we won't fail you and we'll take it to another level and help your business and yourself. So we'll see where it goes. Mr. Paul Lucas, how the hell are you tonight, buddy? Doing good, good to be here. It's good to see you, my friend. We haven't had a chance to hang out and teach lately. A lot going on. It's been a little while. So um, I'm glad to be here with you. It's always fun. So this call is not a call that you've gotten in the last week or two. This one goes back quite some time ago. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, this is from, from many years ago. Uh, and it was one of those things where I got the call and I'm going like, what? No way. So um, this is from the West Coast. A great guy. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name or anything, but he's a great guy, great rug cleaner, just, it, 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 you know, salt of the earth people. So anyways, he gets this lady's rug in. It's hand knotted. It's wool. And it has a uh, white cotton French. Very white cotton French. So he goes ahead and cleans it. And he says to me, Paul, I swear to you, we did the entire rug the same we cleaned the whole thing and he said the fringe on the one end the whiteness disappeared and on the other end the whiteness was retained and i'm going come on you had to do something different i mean the dwell time did you put it on one end and let it sit and then on the other end, you started right away and rinsed it out. And the other one sat for 20 minutes and the other one sat for two minutes. He's going like, no, no, that ain't it. I go, okay, so you power washed the one fringe and you didn't power wash the other end. No, no, we did it exactly the same way. So you put hydroperoxide on one end and you didn't put hydro. No, we did it the same exact way. I go, well, somebody did something to it. And he's going like, no. And I said, well, has the customer seen it? Yes. That's why I'm calling. <laughs> he wants me to replace the rug. Oh, yeah. 
because she bought the record, obviously, because she liked those white fringes that popped. And now the one fringe is white as white, and the other fringe is ivory, off-white, eggshell white, doll white. And I said, that's the way they're supposed to look. They're supposed to be ivory, eggshell, off-white. They're, oh, they're the things that you got popping in my mind right now, Paul. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to see where this one goes, buddy. <laughs> so I'm going like, it, you know, you did her a favor by taking it off, and now we just got to figure how to take it off the other end. And he's going to like, no, no, she's not going to buy that because I, because I already tried to explain that cotton isn't really white. It's natural. And she insists that that's the reason she bought it. And I said, well, I don't know about that. You know, uh, uh, you know, I didn't talk to her, but that seems kind of crazy. Somebody buy a rug because of how white the fringe was. He says, she has already went and found another rug to replace it and wants me to give her, write her a check for it. And the fringes on that rug are even wider than this one. <laughs> so I said to him, I said, well, okay, um, I got to think about this. I said, uh, but here's the deal. Now, I can't remember because, you know, this is a 15-year-old phone call approximately, 12 years maybe. I don't remember if it was India or Pakistan. But that's where that that part of the world, that end of the world, uh, uh, is where it came from. And I said to him, "Well, uh, let's say it was Pakistan." And I said to him, "Well, if in Pakistan they can figure out how to make the fringe whiter than it's supposed to be, then certainly in the United States we can figure out how to make it white also." So let me do some research and let me get back with you. And okay, just I got to ask you right out of the gate, Paul. I got to ask you. I mean, one of the first things I'm going, I got to see pictures. Um, I mean, and is... even if you get the pictures, frankly, I don't know if the pictures are going to show you what you really need to see, but I'm, I'm going, I got to see this. I want to see construction. <laughs> I want to see, you know, a variety of things. To kind of, you know, what, was he starting to send those over? Well, how did that go? Cam, this is such an old phone, uh, such an old call. I didn't even own a cell phone. I, I owned a flip phone. I didn't know how to. Did you have the big old phone that was like this long with that big long antenna, you know? And you, and you rode around in your car like you were cool because it was like the first cell phone out, you know? <laughs> oh, you were still doing that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't even ask for pictures because that was that that wasn't in my routine yet. Uh, I couldn't imagine not. This happening. was a long time ago. Okay, yeah, so I mean, that's crazy. So I said to him, and again, I'm not going to say his name, uh, but I, I love the guy. He's a great guy. I said to him, let me let me think about it. I I, get, I can't come up with anything. Let me think about it. And so, um, you know, we we hung up, and then I started, you know, looking into it, and then. In normal, I don't like to say names because I don't want to put anybody in a spot. But um, I called Ernest David. Now, uh, Ernest has passed. 
uh, and his uh, niece, um, Melody, still does uh, Americolor. Yeah. But but back then, Ernest, the uh, the founder of it, um, was a good friend of mine, and we taught a lot of classes together. And, and he's the color guy in my mind back then. You know, Ernest was the color dude. Uh, so I got on the phone with him. That's who I called. And I said, Ernest, here's what's going on. And he goes, well, he goes, you just got to put some white pigment on it. And I'm going like, well, titanium dioxide? He's going, yeah. He goes, that's, that's you know, because titanium dioxide is your first ingredient to make paint. That's what make, makes paint whitewash. So once you get it formulated as white paint, then now you can add colors to it to make it whatever color paint you want. But titanium dioxide is an opaque white pigment. And Ash, I'm going like fringe whitener. Yes. So I, I say to him, I said, can you get me some? He goes, yeah, I'll, I'll send you some. And I said, now, um, is it water soluble? And, and Ernest is going, well, you're going to have to make it water soluble. So I go, okay, okay, I get it. So we, we talk about that a little bit. And then he says, uh, so Ernest and I uh, put our noodles together, you know, our heads together and, and kind of uh, nerded it out and um, came up with a formula. So then I called um, my, my John back and I said, hey, I got an idea. I'm going to send you a gallon of fringe whitener. And what you're going to do is you're going to take that and you're going to dilute it with water and you're going to take a paintbrush and you're going to paint it on the fringe that's ivory to make it white again. And uh, you're the first guy. So I, I'm going to have a hard time telling you how much to use, but I'm going to tell you to start at, at uh, eight ounces per gallon. Now, if it's too white or too opaque, you would need to rinse it out right away because it's water rinsable until it dries. It's like... It's like um, got a lot of water in it so that you can rinse it out. But once the water evaporates, it's not coming out. Okay. So you got to, you kind of got to make these decisions. And I said, so paint it on the front of the fringe. And I suggested he takes uh, the rug and put it on a table and have the fringe fall down uh, and the clean strip fall down and then paint it when it's vertical and then put something on the top of the table, like a mat or tape, uh, painter's tape, to protect the pile from it. So you don't get drips or splashes or, or, or um, residue on there. Right. And then paint it and then let it dry and check it out. And then see if it went all the way through because cotton's very absorbent. Uh, if it didn't, you're going to have to flip it over and do the backside. But if, I think it'll go through. And I said, then if it's not white enough to match the other side, then go 12 ounces per gallon and do it again. Uh, and then if that doesn't work, go 16 ounces per gallon and do it again. Well, 
I made it. I shipped it to him. He's on the West Coast. It took a few days to get there. Uh, about two weeks later, he's on the phone with me going, it's awesome. It looks great. My customer is happy. See, now I was still thinking that the customer might be saying, hey, wait a minute. I got ripped off here. I almost got a new rug. And now I'm I'm not getting a new rug. You know, I'm not happy. I lost my windfall here. But she wasn't that kind of customer. She really did just like the whiteness. And so once we restored it, she was happy to keep her old rug and not have it replaced. So it was a win-win uh, for all of us, really, because uh, uh, John was able to uh, make his customer happy. She was happy with her rug. And then I ended up with a new product. So now, once, now that I had that base uh, chemistry with Ernest David's help, then I was able to add other ingredients and improve on that product over the next, you know, because I only made a gallon of it. You know, I'm like making a micro batch. And so then uh, I made some more. And I sent it back to John and said, hey, you know, experiment for me. So he goes, well, I don't get that many rugs that need the French white. Uh, but but we, to this day now, that's in our product line is French whitener because of a phone call I got where one of our customers, good cleaner, almost had to buy a lady a rug uh, to make her happy. And it's crazy how actually th this does happen, off happen often. I mean, people don't think it does. But for you guys that are cleaning rugs all the time, weird things like this do happen. And that's <laughs> how Friends Whitener came about. I remember Paul telling me the story. And for those of you who have not been to this show yet, this is Rug Rescue, not the Rug Room Life. And I know we got some people stopping in tonight to hear about this. This is podcast number seven, Paint Your Wagon. Wait, no, Paint Your Fringes. That's what this podcast is about tonight. And we're talking about a situation that Paul went through many, 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 many years ago with a customer that had an issue. And Paul had to figure it out. Now, Here's what I like about the subject tonight, Paul, and, and I want to spend no more than maybe just a few minutes on this, um, but there's actually a post in the Rug Room Live, the Rug Room, I'm sorry, the Rug Room on Facebook, and the post was about, and I made a comment on it, and I can't remember exactly, and I don't have a chance to look it up right this second, but it was about making fringes white, and I made the comment of, are we really trying to get the fringes that white? Is that really the goal? The goal should be to get the fringes clean. That's our goal. And, and I think there were some things coming up about that that I, I went, you know, we know that there are cleaners out there using dichlor, using bleach, and these fringes are deteriorating. And that's why I brought it up. And I hope I didn't come off as an ass in that, in that post because I was just trying to get the conversation to go further so we could discuss it next week when we're back live. But people need to understand going for white fringes is not exactly the right answer to it all the time. And I've got some fringes that were just mailed to me from California because of someone who did use a, a strong dichlor bleach, whatever it was. And these fringes are literally to just falling apart. And I, I'm really appreciative because he sent me those fringes. So I have them for our next class, Paul, that we can show the students, look, we're not, we're not blowing smoke here. We're telling you the truth, people. 
Um, but that's why you have something like fringe whitener. When you do have to go there or you, the fringes just can't quite get where you need them, you can use something like this. It's safe. It's not going to damage. The fibers are not going to fall off and all that good stuff. So I think it's something that a lot of people need to think about, Paul. Yes. And, and again, I still tell people, you know, fringes are supposed to be ivory. And if you're a collector of fine handmade rugs, you don't want a white fringe. You're, you're looking for the, the natural color. However, in our society, uh, people want weird stuff, you know, and, and some people like those really white fringes. And we went through a period of time when, when um, uh, the import shops and uh, Crate and Barrel and Home Depot and Sears, they were selling a bunch of these rugs with these super white fringes. So if you get a period piece, you know, from the 1980s or 1990s when that was popular, uh, you know, you might end up washing that away. And so that's why we had the fringe whitener. Now, the other thing is sometimes a rug, the fringe will just turn yellow from age. And so you have cotton that used to be ivory and now it's yellowish, or it turns gray from traffic and dirt and, you know, just traffic lane gray. And sometimes you have a rug that bleeds a little bit and you can make the rug look good. And so people are happy, but that fringe is pink or off color. And the fringe whitener can be the tool to fix those things to make them acceptable again. Take that gray, old, worn out look, make it white. Uh, take the yellowing, make it white. Take the pink or the other discoloration, make it white again. Because it is a pigment, so it covers over. It doesn't blend, it, it covers. Uh, so I think it's a tool. But when I get people call me up and say, well, I want to buy a five-gallon pail or I want to buy a case, I go, really, a gallon should probably last you a year or two because you really yeah. shouldn't be using it uh, that often. You should be Absolutely. using it sparingly. Yeah. Uh, but it is a tool to deal with those problem fringes. And it is a good one. There's no doubt about that. And so we're going to wrap up this podcast, you know, podcast number seven. Thanks for being here, guys. Again, we're going to cover different subjects at different times about these calls that we get. And this, I'm telling you, this is a call we get quite a bit about, man, I can't get your fringes clean or this or that, or they just don't look white enough and blah, blah, blah. And we go through it and explain it. And a lot of times it's just about educating your client. And once you do that, it works out good. But podcast number seven, don't paint your wagon, paint your fringes. Hey, guys, stick around. We're going to do another podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one. And I hope this helps you in a situation that you might run into down the road. So thank you very much for being here. Please hit the like button, subscribe, tell others, share it, do whatever you do in the social media world. We need your support. Thank you. We'll see you in podcast number eight.